The Second Act Podcast is brought to you by Chin Whiskers Beard and Hair Care. Chin Whiskers is an affordable, Canadian-made, 100% natural men's grooming line. It's available at your local Tommy Guns Original Barbershop, Amazon, or at chinwhiskers.ca. Welcome to the Second Act Podcast. Welcome back to the Second Act Podcast. Today we are pleased to welcome a guest who isn't somebody famous, isn't somebody who has a lot of name recognition, is somebody who I might think is the most interesting person I, I know personally. Uh, he has such a unique way of of looking at the world. He's uh, <clears throat> a guy that I worked with in the oil and gas industry, but um, he was always looking outside that to to see kind of what else was going on out there. He's a gentleman named Jason Jackson, who, uh, you know, after a number of years of <clears throat> working with him, uh, he he moved on to do his own thing with his family to carry on uh, an entrepreneurial um, kind of tradition within his family. His his mom and dad are both very successful entrepreneurs. His brother and uh, or sister and brother in law, pardon me, are very successful. And and him and his wife and their their kids. They, they had this calling, this opportunity, and, and they took it. And at a time when it would have been really easy for Jay, he talks about it, to, to take the easy path. And instead, he, he picked the hard one. And he talks about kind of what goes into his life to that point and, and what he wanted out of it and, and some of the things that he was, was hoping to see. And, and it wasn't happening for him in the big corporate gig. And, and he took a chance. Um, his wife found kind of her... her uh, dream job I guess uh so if there is such a thing and and they were able to just go out and give it a try and it was really exciting to to be able to sit down with Jason um I've had so many conversations with this guy he's got such a unique perspective he looks at things uh from every angle before he formulates an opinion uh he's measured he's pragmatic he's an interesting guy and I, I couldn't be happier to share this conversation with you so um Without any further ado, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy this one because I know uh, we sure enjoyed uh, getting together for it. Jason Jackson. Thanks for having me, Gord. Um, I'm excited to do this with you. It's, it's interesting. I guess the the backstory for you and I is is we did work together for a number of years, and and, and the last couple we were we were colleagues uh, office beside each other, and and we had these conversations all the time. And, uh, you know, we were solving problems that, that we didn't know the world had and, and stuff like that. And, and it was interesting because I draw back to those conversations lots of time when I'm preparing. So when I'm preparing for other interviews, so it's, it's going to be interesting to kind of, um, you know, sit down and chat with you because you know, all the little tricks because you either, I've either used them on you or you taught me them. So it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm nervous, Gord. I got to tell you, I'm nervous. Uh, yeah, I just, it, it's hard for like, uh, you know, I'll be talking to my brother-in-law a bit and he's like, don't sell yourself short, you know, and your story's interesting. And, but I, I see that you you have these guests on your show that are, you know, they're famous or semi-famous or whatever. It's, it's interesting. And uh, I just, I'm, I'm humbled and, and honored that you asked me to be here. So. No, that's, that's great. And that's, um, I, I would echo his sentiments. Don't sell yourself short. Uh, a lot of the, the stories that originally kind of gave me this idea and, and made me want to go down this road was was we did know some people that had some kind of public stories and then we had some people we knew some people that didn't and um you know I, I I'm speaking specifically about uh well he's been a guest Robin Regeer and then his business partner um 
who, you know, if, if you could get past the fact that Robin won a Stanley cup and like had the stories of the guys you saw on TSN, um, I would argue that his partner was, was arguably more interesting to sit and visit with. And I thought to myself, we got to get an Avenue for people like that. So, so well, Robin's story was interesting and, and, uh, for people that are listening, we did have Robin on for uh, episodes three and four. Um, it's the other ones, the people that you just walk by every day that have these amazing stories and interesting stories, and they make decisions based on things that, uh, you know, give you pause to think about. And and I think that's kind of what you are, you know, um, when, when you and I got to know each other, you were working in the field. I was working in Calgary um, within a, a couple of years. Uh, you were working in Calgary beside me and and I started to learn all these things about you that I just didn't get. So, so maybe do you want to just give us like a 10,000 foot view of, of who you are and kind of what your story is to this point? Sure. Um, <clears throat> well, I, you know, I grew up in a, in a small town in Alberta and um, I was always kind of good at school and, and I always kind of had this notion that I should go to college and, and I, but I, I just, I never knew what I wanted to do. I, I couldn't figure out what to do. And I, I didn't want to take that leap. I, I was just, I was never ready to make that leap. Like, here's what I've decided to do with myself kind of thing. And, and so I just kind of worked uh, and I wanted to play hockey. I was, played in the jungle, junior B, played hockey and, and drank too much and smoked cigarettes and chewed tobacco and did all those things. And, you know, and it's, uh, it's funny what a guy's priorities are when he's younger, but, uh, but, you know, I wanted to do that and hang out with my friends and, and I, I just couldn't, I couldn't uh, make a decision on what to do with my life. Like that, I just, I, I didn't like that, that I, I was being forced to decide what, what the rest of my life was going to be. So I just goofed around and, and finally my mom convinced me, like, you, you got to do something. Like you've been out of high school now for three, three years. Like she says, you got to do something. You've got to go to school and we're going to help you with it. And, and so uh, I just saw that Sate had a, uh, you know, petroleum engineering technology and chemical engineering technology. There were kind of four things, power and, 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 uh, forget what the other one was, but, uh, and so I thought, well, I like chemistry. I was good at chemistry in high school and I, I liked that. Maybe I could do something along those lines. It's interesting to me. So I took that, took chemical engineering technology at SATE. I graduated in 2000 and, and there were big oil companies that were busy and they were hiring and, and I got a job uh, in Grand Prairie and coil tubing. I didn't even know what coil tubing was. Um, so I just went and went to work and, you know, based on the promises of, of lots of money and, and, and that I would learn and, and that's what happened. I learned a lot, made a lot of money, uh, worked there for, you know, three and a half years, uh, up North, you know, gone, moved away from home, nine hours away from home. Uh, I knew one guy there who lived in an apartment with them and, and that's it. And I just made friends and I ended up buying a house and having roommates and, and kind of set down some roots, but then. Three and a half years in, I run into a guy back home that uh, that has some ideas about starting a company. And he says, what are you doing now? And it's I'm doing coil tubing. He says, well, it's busy around here. You know, it's there's some opportunities. And uh, that was in, you know, 2004, 2003, when I started talking with him. And uh, and it was just busy. It was, you know, natural gas. I forget what the what the spot price was, but it was maybe five, six dollars, somewhere in there. And. And things were busy and they were cranking out these small coil tubing units. And so we put our name on the list and said, we'll, we'll, we'll take one. And so four of us started a company and, uh, and it was busy. It was more, we had more work than we could handle. So we built another truck and, but it takes, you know, nine, 10 months to build a truck. And, and that's after you've, 
waited to get the truck and you waited for your spot in line at the manufacturing facility and and there was one that we liked and and we had a good vibe with them and that's who we decided to go with there's several facilities a guy could go with but once you've sort of chosen one you know it's kind of makes sense to make all your units at the same place yeah uh, you know so we did that and we, we we quickly grew we built five units in uh in three years oh wow and, but then in 2006 2007 in there is when it started to kind of fall off natural gas got really slow and there were other people that were busy uh it, it was a time of you know okay we're in shallow gas and then that's kind of it's not going to that's not going to be our bread and butter anymore so what do we do here um, so we decided to to try to beef up some trucks and go for some better work, uh, but we just we still were we were on really having hard times, and we had some guys that we were trying to keep around, and uh, and we had no work, and and we started fighting, and we couldn't agree on on a path forward. I guess would be the the best way to say it without being too uh, um, giving up too many details of, of personal stuff, but uh, we couldn't really agree on a path forward. Um, we decided the best way to go about it was, was I would take the fifth truck and I would go off on my own. So I did that. I started my own coil teaming company with one truck and my partners, my three partners kept the four trucks. And, uh, I think they, I don't know what they did, to be honest. I mean, they, they hired some people and, and they, they kept it going for a bit and they ended up selling them all. And I kind of did the same thing. I ran my truck for two years and I mean, I was, <laughs> I was taking the calls, going to do the work, um, coming home, writing the invoice, mailing it, going to see the guy in Calgary if there was a question, um, which which was always really nerve wracking because you were just praying the phone wouldn't ring while you're on the road to Calgary or while you were in Calgary and somebody needing you right away because that happened. I had a few customers that would call with really short notice. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, you know, if I if if I knew there was going to be a rig crew, I wouldn't I wouldn't even take a helper with me. Um, just just to save money and I, I couldn't afford to keep a guy around just pay him to hang around right uh, and so uh so there was it was hard work and 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 it was you know it was very um stressful i mean the anxiety is high when you've got payments and uh you've got to make a certain amount of money every month to make your payments and and that's just to make your payment you know i also want to yeah you haven't able, lived yet right yeah you also want to be able to maybe buy something or you know, eat your food. So, um, so for two years, I, you know, I, I fought through it and, and, uh, you know, I did okay. And then I ran into a guy one day, I was playing hockey with a guy and he says, hey, I'm working for so-and-so. And I said, Oh, doing what? Well, coil tunings. Oh, he's got coil units. I said, he said, yeah, you should talk to him. So I, I went and talked to a guy that, that was starting up a company and, and, uh, we pretty much we went for lunch and we scratched up a deal on an on a napkin, like literally on a napkin. He was writing down what I was going to get paid, um, how much he was going to pay me for the truck, and and we scratched out a deal and shook hands on it. And so, and he was going to give me he was going to give me ownership in this new venture. Um, but I I was so happy to have this debt gone because because yeah. once this was done, I was whole again. Uh, I was out of debt and. And I just said, yeah, I just shook his hand and let's do it. I was just, I was elated. And so, so I did that and I worked for those guys for a bit and he, you know, and then the, it kept, he kept saying, oh, the, the paperwork's with the lawyer. Just go, go up North. I got a two week stint for you. Go up North and then come back and I'll have the paperwork ready for you. And then we'll sign up this stuff and we'll, and so, 
So that kind of happened. We signed up the paperwork for him to buy my truck, but we never signed up any paperwork for me to have any ownership. And they kind of, I don't know, they, they, they jerked me around a little bit. And I just, you know, it came down to it. There was some sort of demands on both sides and, and we just kind of decided, you know what, let's just clean break. Yeah. You keep that, you keep the truck and there's no hard feelings. And so, and there aren't, I mean, I don't, I don't have any hard feelings. I, I, I went into that deal a little bit naively. And like I said, I was just so happy to be, to be out of debt that uh, I, you know, sort of, sort of the big guy took the little guy and it's yeah. kind of a, that kind of a story, I guess, maybe a little bit, but uh, in the end, like I said, I walked away and I was, I was free of it. I was, I was done with it. And I was, I was just for the first time in whatever it was at that point in my life, probably uh, 12 years, I was, uh, I was kind of free to go do something else. And, and that's when I went and I met Kevin Coonan and he, he put me in touch with Dwight. And the next thing I know, yeah. I'm, I'm up North working. And, you know, that was the next eight years of my life, I guess, four years in the field. And, uh, you know, I had kids in there. And, and so for, for, I don't know if you want me to stop anywhere here, Gordon. No, it's, it's good. I, uh, yeah, we can. So you're in your what early thirties when you kind of like that whole, running your own business cycle was over and you kind of at that point you were like okay i've done all this i've been my own boss i've had you know good times where we're ordering lots and had business partners i was a solo show and had this crushing debt weighing on me um and at that point in in there somewhere you got married is that the timeline um well actually it was right after like i met i met maria um while I was working for that, that new company that, that ended up buying my truck. And, uh, and so she was with me through all of this. And actually we ended up, you know, part of the deal was I was going to move to Red Deer and, and look after a Red Deer operation with that new company. And, uh, yeah, so she got a job in Red Deer, she, you know, and that, right. I mean, that, she just went and got a job in Red Deer. I was like, Holy cow. Like, I guess she is the one, right. You know, she, yeah. she's willing to move with me and she got a really good job. And I mean, so um, she was working for the county there. And so, so we're all, we, we got my place for sale here in Brooks and, and we're, we're making plans. And then, and then they come to me and say, actually, we don't, we're not, we're thinking Red Deer is too far south. We, we, we're going to go set up a shop in White Court. We need you to move to White Court. And I said, White Court isn't on the table, guys. Like, I don't, yeah. I'm not sure where this is coming from, but like, that's, that's just not, you know, we've already sold the house. We've already, we've got offers uh, on a place in Red Deer. Maria's got a job. Well, w what's the matter? Is it, she needs a job? <laughs> well, yeah, well, she can, she can work for us. She can do, I'm like, okay, no, this is like, this, this is the mentality that I'm, that I'm dealing with. Well, she can do data entry. Well, okay. You don't, you don't own us. You don't just get right. I mean, that's, so that's when I started to realize that, you know, just uh, working for somebody else. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't going to be right for me. I just, I can't stomach those type of things. Well, and that's, that's, I guess the, you know, the one thing I, I found about you over the years is you're very pragmatic. Like you, um, you know, uh, Ryan holiday talks in ego is the enemy about don't be passionate about things because passion leads you to do things. And, and you've, you know, you obviously have things you you enjoy very much, but you've always been able to kind of separate like, um, I really like chocolate Sundays, but chocolate Sundays make me feel sluggish. And so right. instead of, 
instead of having chocolate sundae every day because I like them, I'll have one once a month and then I'll always have something to look forward to. And and uh, yeah. I, I should have used chocolate covered almonds there. I'll I'll, re, I'll reword <laughs> that. Um, so it's it's interesting to me that you're you're dealing with these people and they're kind of just throwing you all these curveballs. But you know, knowing you as I do, you, you I could very easily just seeing you on the phone going well. Like, no, this is not at all. Like, you're not making this better. So, it's well, yeah, you know, it, it's just, it's hard, you know, you get to see how people think a little bit in those situations. You know, it's just like, here, here's a solution. Well, in your head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? it, it works that, really good on your end. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that sounds ideal for you. But uh, another thing, you know, and, and a takeaway that I had, and then what I ended up doing with those guys was, he hired a guy to be his CFO and, and I ended up dealing with him and he was an excellent guy. And I sat down with him and the very first thing he said to me, and I've never forgotten this, he said, a business deal doesn't work if it isn't good for both parties. Well, it's the simplest statement ever, but you know, I hadn't really thought about that. Like if I'm trying to sell a car, I'm always trying to figure out a way to get the most money. Right. I, I, was, I never used to think like, what is the person buying it? What do they need? What do they want? And I mean, that's such an important thing to to think about. And I, I learned a lot of this from you too, is uh, is other people's perspective. You have to, yeah. if you're not thinking about other people's perspective in these situations, how are you ever going to, you know, come to a, an agreement that everyone likes? You just have to, you have to, uh, you have to always consider both sides. So you've, you've kind of done all this and, and you're, you're, you're not, th this isn't what you want. So you've met some people in industry and now you're getting this opportunity to, uh, to do some consulting work, some contractor work for, for a major oil company. Um, and you, you get that opportunity and you work your way, you know, through, through the kind of entry level jobs and you're, you're doing some of the, the better work, you know, uh, some of the more technical, um, you know, even in, in all of Alberta, some of the most technical work that, that there is on uh, on a slant sag d well in a in a mature in a mature field so you're you're actually you know it the it's uh challenging to your mind um it's challenging as a person because you're away for two weeks at a time you have a you know a, a new wife and, and you guys are starting all this out um and and you eventually get to the point where where they're like you, you need to come in and work in the office here i think there's a there's a an opportunity with that comes uh, some consistency and uh, some security and, and all those things, but also it comes with a move. So you guys have kind of concentrated on on growing up kind of close to where you lived. And now there's a move a couple hours away to the bigger city. Can you can you kind of walk us through how those conversations you've already made made the, the statement that your wife, you know, has some fairly defined career aspirations and stuff like that, plus the you know, discussing having a family and stuff like that. How does that all work and, and what goes into those decisions? Yeah, like, you know, we, we actually, well, while I was going away, we had we had Will while we were in Red Deer. And so I was working two weeks on, two weeks off, and Maria's pregnant. And she's yeah. working at, she's working a full-time job until she was eight months pregnant. And then, you know, the last, like, <laughs> the, as, uh, the late, as late as you could, she, she took her mat leave. And, and then we had Will. And <clears throat> for two years, uh, I was still going away up north two weeks on two weeks off sometimes three weeks on in the winter time you'd catch a, an extra week or something and uh and it got to the point where i was just like i i use the word depressed it, it, to me that like i i've never I, I don't know that i've ever felt real depression i don't want to 
try to, you know, act like I know what that is. Cause, uh, I know there's people that have real problems well, worse than mine, but, um, I, I would feel like in the pit of my stomach, I would just feel this, this pain and I getting on that plane leaving. I just, I, I couldn't handle it anymore. Like it was, it was to the point where like, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. Like I, I just didn't want to, I was worried about my ability to do my job even properly. Cause I was, <clears throat> I was that upset about having to leave. So, you know, so we ended up, we moved back to Brooks from Red Deer uh, just to have family around at least while, while Maria was, while I was left home alone with, with our baby. Yeah. And, and so we've been home for just a little, maybe not even a year. And then I get this opportunity offered to me in Calgary. And like, we, we were having conversations then about like, what, what can I do here? Like Canadian Tire needs a, a manager. You know, like I, I was, I was looking at making a pretty big, taking a pretty big pay cut just to be around. And, uh, and then all of a sudden I get this offer to, to go to Calgary and it's a, you know, it's a, an office job and I'm home at night. And I just thought, how can I ever turn that down? It was never something that I really, um, thought I would do or really aspired to do. I, you know, one, if in the oil field, if I was going to take that any further, I thought if I would if I was going to stick with this, I would try to go overseas or try to do, make it an adventure, or, you know, do those types of things. But I never saw myself as a, as an office guy. Um, but uh, I had, how do you turn that down? And for one thing, and, you know, I had this chance to be at home every night. So, uh, so we, we took it, we moved to Calgary. And, and, and so that's, it's interesting because at that point, you know, I, uh, I'd been in the office a few years and, and I kind of had made peace with, with what that was um there was a lot of great things about that job um there was a, a, a lot of things that i didn't love um and you know i i could have you know we talk about other people's perspectives i i could have given you all the perspective and context on that job as you wanted but it doesn't mean anything until you're in there and and you're in the breach so you know i i i was I was stoked he came in right like it was you know we we'd had a guy about our age in there and and he quit and did went and did something else and I was worried that we were going to get some stodgy old 60 year old dude that wanted to just cuss about the young whippersnappers and and yeah. then no it's it's Jay coming in from the field so that's great um so like can you talk about that transition and and how like was what was it what you thought it was going to be at first I and then we can get into kind of how how the how you morphed after a few years of it but but at first was it all the things you thought it was going to be once once you got well, settled and once your family was was living here with you yeah like i would say so it was everything and more it was i mean i'm not going to deny that it felt really good to for one to get that offer um you know and to just to to be a you know wearing a suit to work now like i mean that was that was pretty unheard of for me i i, I honestly never never thought that was going to be a thing and and so it felt pretty good. I was pretty proud of myself, right, to, to have worked my way. Because I started in the yard there. Like, I mean, I, that was my first foray into consulting even, right? They, you know, so I was pretty lucky to have a manager and some peers that, that were very helpful and, uh, and helped me along. And I guess I was smart enough to figure it out. Um, you kind of sink or swim, right? You um, yeah. figure it out or, or, or leave. <laughs> so, so I guess I figured it out. But um, yeah. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought again, Gordon. Oh, that's fine. Um, so, so then we, 
so you're there and it's kind of good and you're, you know, we're, we're busy. It was a down, down-ish time, uh, 20, 2016, I believe. Uh, 2015. Fall of, fall of 2015. Yeah. yeah. So um, kind of the world was, was not quite ending in the oil and gas industry, but we'd lost about a hundred dollars on the price of a barrel of oil over the, the year over year at that point. Um, but, but we were fortunate. We were in a shop that was still working. So we were able to kind of keep our, our feet under us and, and learn how to do this role, even when we weren't going hundred miles an hour. Um, and, and then shortly after uh, you came about a year after um, our, our manager decided to, uh, to leave the, the organization and they never really replaced him. So, so you and I kind of had this unique opportunity to, to, to kind of shape it and mold it the way that we kind of wanted to do things. And, you know, we, we kind of figured out real early that, uh, you know, I, I had some weaknesses that, that you had some strengths in and, and maybe a little bit the other way. And, and we were able to kind of be a team about this stuff. And we, and we figured out a lot of stuff and we learned a lot of things. And, and our leader at that time uh, was a gentleman who, who was a titan in, in the oil and gas industry in Calgary, um, Brett Regeer. I'm, I'm going to leave his name in. Brett, if you're listening, shout out to you. Go Oilers. <laughs> um, but uh but I mean, he taught us so much and, and it was, it was just, uh, it was a, a lot of fun. We, we, there was lots of, um, oh crap, now what moments, you know, like a duck pad, frantic, frantically paddling under. Um, yeah. but it was like, and then just kind of through our discussions, it was like, it was obvious that there was more to life outside the walls of that 24th floor of that high rise in downtown Calgary. Um, and that that both of us had designs on but but you know i just i was kind of at that point where i wasn't ready to to really embrace them and and you were you were really talking about different things and thinking about different things and you were reading different books and listening to different podcasts and i was able to kind of uh, vicariously see that there's a lot to life outside of of what was going on um within our jobs and our careers and uh and it was it was an interesting fun ride for me. Um, so can you can you maybe walk and talk a little bit about how how you kind of started to realize that this is great and I'm grateful for this opportunity, but it's it's not this isn't forever. That's what I would tell people after you left. Was, this was never Jay's forever job. He was just gaining some experience and understanding some things and learning uh, some some like well, lessons I'll take forever with me about how to treat people and how to how to work safely and why, how to get people to buy in on, to do things the way you want. I learned in that office yeah. and uh, you know, and so can we just kind of get to the point where, where you've decided that this isn't it and I, I got to look elsewhere. Yeah. Like, you know, and I didn't know that when I came in that I would like, I mean, we bought a house thinking we were going to stay in Calgary, right? We, we, we did a lot of things with the idea of this is, this is a long-term thing. So um, it's just uh it, it wears on you We're working in that environment. Um, and, and there's a lot of, I think I mentioned this to you before, a lot of unnatural things about it too, where you, you have to go up to that 24th floor when it's 30 degrees out and, and stuff. And it's just hard to, uh, like I said, I was, a, I was a field guy. I never, I never expected this. So that was really hard for me to, uh, to accept. And, and um, you know, and things like fire drills, right? When, when that happens and you're stuck in that building for an hour, you know, and it's just, I, I, I had a tough time with that. I, I, I didn't, I guess maybe if I would have stayed there long enough and, and then people that like that had worked there forever, they, they kind of just, you know, it's, well, it's part of it. 
Well, that's great. I mean, I know that's part of it, but I don't want to be part of that. I just, I don't, <laughs> I don't like to, I don't like it. I, I, I can't, I can't handle it. So, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's, um, I've told people this before. I don't know if this makes sense to you, but th there's things like that when they bother me enough, it, it kind of hurts my mind. Like uh, I just, I, I can't, I just can't, uh, I have to remove myself from the situation. Um, I don't know, the Germans have a word for it, and I don't know what it is, but, you know, when you watch somebody and, and you're feeling embarrassed for them and you just want to crawl under a rock, I don't know if you get that feeling, but that's strong with me. I, I just, I, I can't handle, um, yeah. so I, I need to remove myself from from those types of situations. So, um, so it just, it was unnatural and, and uh, um, it was just, uh, it's just, it's such a big machine and, and, and you're just a cog in the wheel and, uh, um, you know, there's not a lot of personal, um, there's just not, there's no room for, there's not a lot of room for the individual there. You know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a big, a big machine and, and you're just part of it or you're not. And, uh, you know, if you don't feel like playing along exactly the way everyone else is, um, it's probably not going to go very well. So. Well, and that's like, you had this opportunity to, you know, you did that as a, as a very much smaller cog with a much bigger machine you know, early in your career and you, you kind of got out of that naturally. And then you went and had this opportunity to affect change directly running your own company as a, as a partner and then as a sole proprietor. And, and you, you have some of that um, entrepreneurial nature. You come by that, honestly, your dad's done a number of, of had a number of, of projects where he's, he, and he's been very successful. So you kind of, you get to a certain point where you, the trade-off is so great. By now, you've got you know your son, you have uh, twin daughters by now, um, and you're 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 just trading something for that every day. And and it gets to the point to your to, to your thought to finish your thought. It's like I can't do that anymore. I have to I have to just crawl under this rock. Um, and so so your dad, you know, as as I mentioned, he's he's had some some fairly successful uh, businesses over the years, and you guys are are you know, on the weekends when you're not on call and no one's phoning you at 6.15 just to confirm things, um, you're, you're having these conversations with, with your dad about what, what are some other things. And, uh, and you guys kind of have this idea, I think probably about two years before you actually left, uh, left your role, um, you and your dad come up with. Well, yeah, we, we, we bought, uh, we bought Brooks towing. Um, we actually, I think it was even in 2015 we 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 talked to a guy another guy around here uh about about towing and we were we were looking into it then so um we you know we've 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 got this land and we've got some lots for sale we've sold a few of them and we still have some for sale but I don't know I I uh I spotted some cheap chain link on Kijiji one day and I said hey why don't we like we've been talking about just doing storage so I said hey dad why don't we buy that chain link and we'll slap a fence up and and so we did that and then, uh, you know, and then he kept talking about towing and how it goes with storage. And so I said, why don't you approach Shane? Because there was a guy around here, a guy with one truck here in town. And I said, he's been doing it long enough. Maybe he's interested. And so sure enough, he was. So we, we bought him out and it wasn't called Brooks Towing. It was called Integrity Towing. But uh, So we bought a new truck and we had Shane's truck. And so we had two trucks and my dad was running one and Shane was running the other one. And I was in Calgary looking after the the Google stuff and and some of that end of things for him and and uh you know yeah for probably at least two years i was in calgary um do, with that going on and then maybe three years and then 
one day uh, we were out, they were out at a wreck and, and uh, the guy that owned Brooks towing said, Hey, Billy, you should have bought me out. So, so my dad went and talked with him and we <laughs> talked and we, we, you know, it, it just made a lot of sense uh, to, to do that. So that's what we did. We, we took, so we had sort of two out of three of the towing outfits in, in town. And, uh, and so my dad had been running that for a couple of years and, and we just were looking for the opportunity to, to come back and, and, and dive into it. You know, I, I wanted to be home. I wanted to be closer to family and friends here in Brooks. I wanted to get out of that Calgary rat race and, and that, uh, that commute, you know, I had about a 40 minute drive every morning and about an hour drive at, at night. And, and, and again, I just, it hurts my head to think about the time I waste, you know, and you need to try to listen to an audio audio book or, or, or a podcast or something, and at least not completely waste that time, but it still feels like wasted time. And you're sitting on your butt when you could be doing, um, active things and, and stuff. So, um, I guess it, uh, the, the, the final sort of straw was, uh, was Maria found a job in Brooks. She found a good job in Brooks and she hadn't been working. She'd been raising kids. And, uh, and this opportunity came up and it was funny because we had seen this, and I mean, this role was a lady that had been doing it for a long time. And we had talked about how Maria would be good at it and stuff. And, and wouldn't it be nice? And, and all of a sudden one day it was available and, uh, and she applied and she got it. And so makes it easy. That was our chance. Like, let's do it. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that, that certainly made my, my, my decision to leave behind that salary that I had um, was a lot easier of a decision when I knew that she was going to be uh, helping bring in some money now too. So. Yeah. That one variable that would have been a question mark um, now had a, yeah. had a number in it. Like it wasn't just up to me a hundred percent to earn. So. Um, and I, it's funny. I talked in uh, in a previous podcast about how, when I quit commuting downtown, um, there were, there was a lot of anxiety about that. Like I used to, I used to start about two thirty every day, checking the apps for accidents, for traffic, um, yeah. to, and and it's and it's funny because driving in and out of the downtown core is kind of like the goal when you first start because you're biking in or you're taking the train, taking the bus, walking, parking somewhere outside and walking in. And it's like, someday I'm just going to bite the bullet and get this parking spot. And then you go and do it and you think, well, that's going to make my life so much easier. And, and then it's not it, or for me, it wasn't anyways. I don't know if, if that's, well, if everyone has then, that, but it was, then, then you wait 10 minutes to pull out of the parkade because it's busy. Yeah. If you don't get away in time. Right. So, yeah. And that's like, that's what this, you know, talking to people um, that are going back to work downtown. Some of them started already. Um, a lot of them are starting again in, in September. And I'm just like, like, we, we just didn't learn anything over the last 18 months. Like, <laughs> like work, work still happens at the address on your business card. And I'm just like, man, I, I you know, yeah. pretty fortunate that where I'm at now, they're like, no, it's got to make sense for you. Um, there, there are some, you know, we, we, we have some regulations and some, some requirements, but you manage them. And, and uh, it's, it's pretty good because I, I was the same way. I was finding that I was, um, you know, really uh, resenting a lot of that stuff that came with it. And, uh, and it's when it's, when you're relieved of those resentments, yeah, you, you kind of have an opportunity to take some stock and, and understand what, what it was like, was it the job? Was it the phone ringing? Was it the constant meetings? Was it the travel? You can figure out because a lot of other jobs have those other things, but you don't have this resentment level. And you're like, yeah. no, traveling into the downtown core was one of the biggest things that I, I resented about that role. 
And and the phone, like you mentioned, somebody phoning at quarter after six to just confirm something for next week or whatever. Like, and that that was a that was a a frequent occurrence, right? And yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> your time. Your your time uh, when you're working at a place like that, it belongs to a lot of people. So. Yeah, and that's that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting way to put it. Your time belongs to a lot of people. Um, so it, can you? It, 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 so. Or at least me? they. At least they think that it belongs to them, type thing. Well, anyway. well, they'll show you. They'll show you a piece of paper that comes from the Canadian Revenue Agency. That that, like that's what it is, man. They'll show you yeah. that this number on this thing. That's what I bought that time, and yeah, and it's up to you. You entered into the contract because every mm-hmm. two weeks you just hit thank you very much. So that's right. Yeah. So let's, if you don't mind, talking a little bit about the the mental health about. Um, the aspect of mental health going on about, you know, you have this role that you never thought you'd have, and then you, you get into it and lo and behold, you're actually really good at it. And, and things are kind of moving along at a good clip. And, and then it's like slowly, but surely it's like, okay, but this isn't all of what I thought it was going to be. So now you're going to start to, you know, go full-time into this business with your family. Uh, you're, you're moving back. Can, can you talk about how, like just before you closed your eyes at night, some of the things that were, were going through your head? Yeah. Um, you know, the, one of the biggest things was, was going to work with family, right? Um, you know, my mom's doing the books, my dad's running the day to day. And we had tried that back in, uh, when I was younger, when I was 18, I worked for them a bit and didn't go so well, but, uh, I was a typical 18 year old. If, if not, uh, maybe, maybe more arrogant than the average 18 year old. So I just thought I knew it all. And, and, uh, and my dad is uh he's a type a ass kicker and uh doesn't put up with a lot of shit so um so and it's worth it's worth noting that that that's worked for bill for his career right like i mean he's been successful being a type a ass kicker that's right and and you know when you know i listened to some of your earlier episodes like dave murray talked about a lot of people talk about their support that they have when on when they fall on tough times but and I have that. Uh, I definitely have that. I, I always know I have that support from my parents. But, but the thing that I find the most helpful is I think about the ass kickers that I know, and my dad happens to be one. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's just he moved out here when he was in his twenties, worked on a rig. He saw that they were busy moving pumps and tanks. That was before pumps had wheels. So uh, he's like, well, I could do that. I'm way quicker than that guy. And so he went and bought himself a bed truck, and just started kicking ass. And had, took all the work away and, yeah. and, and built a company where he had 10 trucks or something and sold that. And, and then uh, he tried being a realtor, but <laughs> that didn't work. So uh, he bought a rental company and he took that from a 2,000 square foot building to several acres and, you know, 20,000 square foot building and moved, you know, moved, built a building and then outgrew that and moved it to a new one. And, and then my sister ended up taking it and her husband took it over and then they sold it. And just it's it so it really parlayed into a lot for 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 a lot of people. And uh and that's just on on his hard work and his um kind of his guile, his his ability to to see opportunities and and capitalize on. So um, But you're you're more of uh uh I mean the hard work's never been an issue with you, but you you do take a step back often. Uh, and that was something that I had to learn from you in a meeting when, when we'd be told something that was very clearly, 
you know, contrary to, to how we were doing our business or, or what we thought was going to bring us success. And um, I, I would get red in the face and, and you would too, but then I would say something and we'd be walking back to our office and we'd go for a coffee and, and you'd be like, do you see how that changed when, when you said something like we, we both could have walked away red in the face and angry, but, yeah. but now we have to figure out how we're going to manage that. And, and that was that, that kind of one step back thoughtfulness is, is kind of something that I learned from you that I needed to, to put into my life. And I mean, I'm not always able to do it, but I'm able to do it far more now. Um, so, so obviously, you know, when you're going back, you know, you're going to work with your dad, you, you know, this about yourself, you guys have to make sure that this is going to work. So there's gotta be some, some, and it's your dad, it's not your boss. So there's yeah. gotta be some mental put and take there. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he tries, he put, he tries to put up with, with how I am and I try to put up with how he is, I guess, you know, I mean, yeah. he's not used to the safety. You, you mentioned that, like I learned from Brett, safety first, safety, yeah. quality, cost, schedule. And I mean, around here, <clears throat> safety and quality are all that I really worry about. Um, the cost, I mean, things cost what they cost and things take whatever they take. It's not like I have a, a deadline or anything like that when it comes to towing usually. But uh, but uh, if you can knock out safety and quality, um, you're going to be successful, right? So my dad wants the same thing. It's just... Um, we have we have a different approach and uh and so we we've kind of hit a le an equilibrium here where you know we we're not having safety meetings every morning but uh but we're also not uh just run and gun we we stop and talk for a moment if there's something yeah to talk about so and that's i think that's uh, an important uh acknowledgement on both sides is that you know you, there's some merit to your concerns and there's some merit to what i want to do and let's figure it out so so now you're you're out there and now you're starting to realize like some of the the reasons you wanted to move closer to home, you know, you guys have, you, you own some property that you're able to build a house that, that you guys had a lot of input on. Um, your kids are, are being able to grow up around their grandparents and, and some relatives, cousins and aunts and uncles. Um, so now you're a couple, three years, I guess, kind of removed from, from those decisions. Looking back on it, you know, are you, uh, what was that like? Yeah. Okay. This was just my path to here and I needed, I picked up all these things and now I'm, I'm, this is the successful path for me. Or are you still looking around going, geez, that, that's son of a gun over there with the whatever business, like the post pounding business, man, that guy, I bet you I could post pound posts faster than him or. Yeah. Well, it's not like, I mean, I like to see other people doing well. Like I, I don't want to take away from anybody else, but, um, but you do, you do have to, in a business, you got to look for opportunities and, and there are things that go with right towing. There's things that go with, but it's like, <laughs> I need, I mean, I, I don't want to, I, I need, I need people to phone me. I need, the, I need the business. So I can't, I can't be stepping on toes out there and trying to take work away from people. And then, you know, cause I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose my bread and butter work. And it's something we right. used to talk about with people, right? We've, there's a temptation when you're in, in that office in, in, in the Calgary job there to, uh, to, to ask more and more of, of a vendor, right? You find a vendor you like and, and you find that they're really on board with what you need. And it's like, maybe you could do this for me too. Maybe you could do this for me too. Maybe you could, and you, it's so tempting sometimes. And then I remember a lot of times hearing you say, they got to stay in their lane. They, they're good at this and that's, yeah. that's what they're at. So, um, so that that's my approach i would say is stay in my lane <clears throat> try to be the best and you know I, we've, we've got a friend that that says that about my dad that he uh 
uh, he just, he tries to be the best at what he does. And, and so I'm trying to, I hope that's rubbing off on me and, and uh, just, just be the best at what we do um, while looking for other opportunities that, that don't, um, um, that don't, that don't infringe on anyone here. That's uh, you know, there's, there's so many things a person can do to make money. Um, there's so many, uh, just at your fingertips, right. All the information you could ever imagine is at your fingertips. Um, yeah. it's just a matter of, of figuring it out and putting the pieces together. And, and, uh, and so I'm, I'm just interested in other ideas, uh, like you doing your podcast. I just love it. I, I, I'm, I don't want to just do one thing for, I, I, it's, it's not enough for me to do one thing. Um, so I'm always looking for other, uh, other opportunities. I don't want to say too much about some things that we're working on right now, but maybe in maybe a future podcast we can talk about. Right. I, I but just uh, it's the 18th of July, so Richard Branson was the first billionaire to space this week. So just scratch that one <laughs> off if that's one of the things you're oh, trying. Shoot. Anyway, okay, well, that, that's the drawing board. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's and that's what kind of came out of this. Um, you know, uh, for me is is I don't want to be back doing exactly what I was doing. Um, I, I like the opportunity to, to be able to, you know, take some time for myself at a, at a time when I wouldn't have been available to me in my previous roles, because it was expected that I was, you know, doing X, Y, and Z at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday. Whereas in this role, if I get up at six 30 and work till eight 30, and then I want to record a podcast on a Tuesday morning, I can't because my time is mine. Right. Um, I need to deliver on, on my accountabilities and, and that's the measure. And, and it's, it, it works if everyone's on board. And, and of course, in a big company, there's just going to be too many people taking advantage of it that, yeah. that they can't do that. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's, you, you're a small company. Now you, you have those, those flexibility, uh, the, the flexibility to do other things. If it, you know, coach your kids, hockey, uh, take your kids to piano recitals, cover for your wife while she's in budget time and trying to, you know, she just ha can't be home. You can do the things that, that she has normally takes on. And, and that wasn't always the case for us when in our previous life. And I haven't, I was, was there a, a reasonable pay change? Absolutely. Have I noticed a big difference in my life? Not really. Um, and it's, yeah. it's interesting that, that we kind of, we both we took separate ways to it. I, I don't tell this this story very often, but I, I will say it on this podcast that uh, when when I parted with the company after you left and I phoned you that morning, you were like, "Oh, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to you." And we talked for a couple more minutes, and then your bat phone was ringing, and you had to go. And I remember hanging up the phone and just being like, "Okay, I guess that's one point of view on it." And then you phoned me back later that night and was like, "Okay, look, I." I I feel bad about the way that went down because there's there was a there was an and that I didn't get a chance to tell you and you and we talked about it and I was like, you know, at that time I well, wasn't quite ready to hear it, but I, I recall that conversation often when I'm working from the lake this summer or yeah. you know recording a podcast with some somebody really cool that I've been waiting to to record with for a long time. It's like, yeah, man, there it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. So it was and. It dawned on me later that day. It clicked in my head. I was like, "Oh man, I gotta, I gotta call Gord back because he probably thinks I'm a lunatic, and <laughs> I, I just wanted to check on you, type thing." Because, yeah. you know, I, yeah. Um, but it was, it, it was the best thing. <laughs> it really was, and it's, it's interesting to, uh, you know, I, I don't have a lot of contact with the guys back there, especially about work. I talk to them about 
football and hockey and stuff. But uh, I mean, they're they're busy. They're a busy, busy group. The summertime's you know, you're booking your holidays a long ways out to get away and do what you got to do. And, and I'm looking back at my life or that life. And then this right now, the way my summer's gone, like I can follow the weather when it's going to be nice. I'm going to be somewhere where it pays to be nice when it's, or pays to be when it's nice out. And, um, you know, it's when I was 35, I probably don't, you know, that, that, that those, the glasses would never be rose colored enough. And, uh, you know, you, you saw that earlier, you, you made these changes and, and I understood why you were doing it. A, a lot of people didn't fully understand everything. So, you know, I was able to have those conversations with colleagues and coworkers and people that were calling on us to say, and, and every time I had to talk about it, well, his wife got this great opportunity and that's where they're from. And, and he has some opportunities there. And the more times I said it over and over again, I was like, but what that, that could be anybody. It doesn't have to just be Jason. That could be me. That could be a couple of the other guys that we were working with. And I was just like, then I got the opportunity and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going to start a podcast or start the podcast that we've, I'd been talking about for a couple of years and um, doing, we're doing, I got a couple other things on the go where we're trying to help people figure out ways to raise money for things, you know, use, use the people that are around you that have stories and interesting stories to, to try to get them. And, and people are, uh, they, they want to hear it. You know, it's like, positive vibes out, get positive vibes back. And if you reach out to somebody, um, you just never know. The worst thing they can say is no. Wow. No, they, they could make fun of you or something like that. (laughs) Say something really hurtful, but (laughs) you don't have to listen. (laughs) No, that's right. You can, you can ignore it. So it's, it's just, it's an, it's an interesting thing. And I, I, uh, I, I think about your story and, and kind of all the winding roads to get to, to where you are. And, and it's like, man, they're, there was a, a hundred times where you could have took the other fork in the road and who knows, but, but you're in this spot now where you, you, you work for yourself. You have some mentorship to how to be successful around you. You're a smart enough guy to figure it out that, and, and you're like the not stepping on other people's toes. And it's just, it's a fun thing to watch. And I think there's a lot of people out there that have those same feelings that, that you and I had and the ones that you've spoke about. And, and it's, it's an interesting discussion to hear how it worked out for somebody. You know, um, and part of me at the time before I left, I, it was, you know, I'm thinking, okay, do I take the easy path, which is stay, or the hard path, or the more difficult or more challenging path, and, and go and do this thing? And it's like, yeah, that's the easy path right now. But what happens if I get laid off in a year or, or two yeah. years, five years or 10 years when I'm all used up and there's nothing else for me to go and find, you know, it's not the easy path anymore. So um, once I kind of, you know, I, I made that uh, realization one day, like, yeah, this is easy path today. This is the easy path today, but um, it's not the easy path necessarily tomorrow. And, you know, the, the path that I, that I really want to do is one that I'm in control of. And, and so here we are. So that's, that's a question that I kind of leave towards the end, but what does success for Jason Jackson look like today and and how is that different from fresh out of school jay fresh out of college jay all those other jays along the lines can you talk a little bit about the evolution of success for you yeah um well i mean er, earlier in my life and like when i started the coil company with my partners i just had dollar signs in my eyes you know i thought i thought we're gonna we're gonna build this up be busy and someone will come along and 
pick us off. Uh, someone like Schlumberger or Weatherford or one of these big companies will absorb us. It wouldn't have been Weatherford, I guess. It would have been a Schlumberger or a Trican or somebody. But but that that's what I that was sort of our it was in our business plan that that was our you know ex- exit strategy was build something up and poke enough people in the eye that they they just come and take us out and give us a, a truckload of money. Maybe pay you too much money to go away. Yeah, <clears throat> and so. Uh, so that was sort of, that was my, my goal for a long time. And, uh, and then, <laughs> I don't know, you have a family and, uh, and, and things just really change. And to me now, success is, uh, is three kids that love me and, and a wife that loves me and, yeah. uh, and they're safe and happy. Um, I'm trying to teach them something every day. Um, I just, you know, they, when they see me, they, they, they come and hug me and they, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's, I don't, I don't really, you know, we've, we've built this, this gorgeous house. We've got a farm. Uh, it's a work in progress, but it could, it could burn down and blow away. I, I don't care. Um, as long as my family is safe, like, I, I, you know, it's, it's really all that matters to me is, is my family. So um, the fact that they love me, that, that means that I'm successful. There you have it, guys. Uh, that was Jason Jackson. I hope you enjoyed um, the the conversation uh, he and I had, and and that's just so indicative of of kind of the the conversations that we had for years. You know, we talked about things and uh, how how we kind of landed in certain spots and how different things were perceived by me and him, and and you know that that free kind of banter back and forth. Uh, I thought, you know, really kind of was was obvious in uh, in our conversation. You know, um, as I said in the intro, Jason, he's really unique. He's really he's really measured, and he's really pragmatic. You know, he he really understands that every every action has an equal and opposite reaction, and not everybody's going to love everything all the time. And he's really cognizant of the fact that the way things affect him aren't going to be the way things affect everybody. And as I alluded to a couple of times, uh, I really had to learn, learn to sit back and appreciate what he was saying. And I, and I learned so much from him in my time. And, and I just thought it was a really, uh, would be a really fun conversation for, for the audience to listen to a guy who had the dollar signs in his eyes to, to use his term and, and then kind of followed a path that, that he didn't know where it was going to take him. And, and then it took him somewhere where he was like, whoa, I never expected it to be here. And, and then, oh, it wasn't, wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I'm going to go try something else. And, and he's got all these other different unique interests and stuff like that. So it, it was a really fun opportunity for me to, to sit down with Jay and, and talk a little bit about the things that are going on in our lives now. And, uh, and I hope you enjoyed it. We're, uh, we're coming out of the summer here. Things are uh, starting to perk up a little bit. Uh, we're, we've got some really, really cool guests on tap. Um, I'm, I'm really anxious to get a few of the ones that we have in the can, uh, out to you guys. And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna start to try to be a little more topical, uh, over the summer with, um, with the lifestyle that we have where we go to the lake. I was, um, I had a bunch that I recorded and, and kind of had in the can and, and I'm really hoping to, to shorten the timelines between recording and release to, to talk about things in a little more real time. Um, sure. Appreciate everybody taking the time to, to keep checking in with us uh, on Instagram, on the various pod platforms. 
it's really cool to see some of the interactions, uh, you know, starting to get some feedback kind of unsolicited from people. Uh, see a bunch of names in my followers that I don't know, which is which is really cool to think that somebody somewhere heard heard an episode through you know a friend of theirs or whatever was on, and and then they kind of kept coming back to to poke around and see what we're all about, and that's why we're doing this. It's it's really a lot of fun, and uh, I just want to make sure that everybody understands how grateful we are to to have people that do things like that. So. For this week, I guess, uh, we just want to make sure everyone remembers that there is no wrong answers and uh, there's no test at the end. So make the most out of every day. The Second Act Podcast would like to thank Ben Sound for the intro and outro music. Happy Rock. That is www.bensound.com. We'd also like to thank Chin Whiskers for the promotional consideration. You can find them at your local Tommy Guns, Original Barbershop, Amazon, or chinwhiskers.ca. And we would also like to thank you for listening.